The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone, this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast brought to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining us once again this evening is Fishing Rick. How are you, buddy? Woo! I'm pretty bloody good, Macca. What about you? <laughs> what a weekend! What a game! What a weekend! Told you we'd win, you pessimist. No, I told you they'd win. What? No, I didn't really. I thought we'd lose. <laughs> That's a great result. What a result! Uh, if we were going to knock them off, round one was going to be the game, wasn't it? Well, I guess so. Yeah, we, we uh, snuck, up, snuck up on them. Uh, we played bloody hard footy and uh, got the result that we all wanted. So, you know, about time we beat them over there. Absolutely. Well, it's about time we just beat them anywhere. True, true. Ha- happy, happy, joy, joy. That's it. Very That's good weekend indeed. Mate, yes. we've got a lot to get through. We've got a lot of questions, a lot to talk about, obviously. So let's uh, get straight into our love and hate. One thing we loved... One thing we hated about uh, Port Adelaide on the weekend, mate, what's your love? Mm. You, you asked me for my love or my hate? I know you love me, mate, but uh, I know. I'm asking I for your love. I, I love the fact that what I predicted came true <laughs> and Captain Trab stood up in the yes. heat of battle. And I loved his aggression. I loved him standing over the top of a player that he knocked down and was just in his face and he was fist pumping and you know it just you know, it just sets the tone for all our playing groups seeing a leader that's just physical and and aggressive and he wasn't dirty um you know but it just sets the tone for the whole playing group and uh, i loved it and he influenced the game amazingly well so you know which was a bonus which i call oh he did and I noticed that in your in your run sheet for what you want to talk about tonight, I noticed you didn't want to call the predictions because obviously all of yours were wrong and, and the bulk of mine were right. So you wanted to vary that up a little bit. But yeah, called it. The captain was going to stand up and he did. He did in absolute massive style. I gave him a 10 out of 10 on, uh, on my reviews. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. One of the best games he's ever played and certainly the best game he's played in a couple of years and... Yeah, that was the uh, the bokey from 2013-14 where he just uh, dominated the game, uh, made sure it got played on uh, our terms. And as you said, where he sort of knocked over Parker and kicked that goal and then sort of stood over him and screamed in his face, that was just wonderful. That was the moment yeah. of the day. Yeah, it was, it was the moment of the day. I think, uh, I think you were South Park excited, weren't you? <laughs> I was very excited, mate. Uh, my love was... Uh, Look, the most pleasing thing about the game for me was how we were challenged a few times, but we just kept on responding, like all game, especially in that first half. You know, over the last few years, we tend to go into our shells a bit, and you can sort of see the opposition run coming, and then they sort of run away with it once they put on the pressure. And you know, there was none of that on the weekend, and yeah, we actually had the answers, um, and we had the response, we had the tools to win the game, and it was so refreshing and such a change from the last couple of years, and. Uh, on a couple of occasions, especially through that first half, it looked like um, that time when uh, we would end up finding ourselves four or five goals down pretty quick, but um, we just always managed to uh, keep in it and get that goal and uh, then kick uh, away ourselves um, in that last half, and uh, it was a wonderful thing. It was an amazing thing, and it was a resilience. And I, I, my observation was that, 
you know, with that resilience was the fact that it looked a little bit different to like a 13 and 14 playing squad, which was just hard and fast and sort of outside. Whereas uh, this squad had a lot of core physical strength about them and, and we were, you know, manning up man to man and, and, and dishing it out physically, um, yeah. which is, you know, which was the inside game, the contested ball, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit more detail anyway. But I guess, you know, we were really an outside team in those other years, whereas this year uh, we still got that outside run that we can maximise, but, you know, now we seem to have that inside run. So yeah. uh, I think, yeah, I think it was a good call, Mac, a good call. Uh, what was your hate, if you got one? Yeah, I do. Oh, you want to hear it? Foxtel's yes. bloody um, coverage is shit, honestly. I can't believe they don't broadcast What do, what do you HD. like about it? Well, you can't, like, they're are longer shot. You can't see the picture, like, the players. It's all pixelated. It's not clear. It's um, it's just woeful. Mm. Where's the HD? I'm not sure. I think there might be some uh, arrangement they've got with uh, one of the other TV stations, I think, but which is a bit frustrating. Well, it's just annoying. As a spectator, I mean... Mm. I mean, we're in the year 2017 now. I mean, you watch most sport, like you watch nearly any American sport, the picture is crystal clear and the colour is vibrant. You know, and then I was like, I need to do, I need, I need, I look, I know I'm getting old, I'm 44 now, so I know I'm close to retirement home sort of stuff. But, you know, you just, you just couldn't really pick out the picture. So I made watching the game a little bit more difficult. You know, and I'm picking a hen's teeth here for a hate because it was such yeah. an awesome, uh, awesome game. So I thought, I I'd thought pick on the uh, Fox still did broadcast in HD, and it was um, Channel Seven which didn't. Well, I got no idea. Maybe, maybe the people that listen can uh, let us know live on the chat or or via the forum because, um, yeah, it it was very average. And mm. and even Nicole, who watched the first quarter with me before she got bored, um, I said, "What do you think of the picture quality?" And she went, "No, nah, this sucks." So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, well, it was average. So, you know, the, the game was amazing, but the uh, the picture quality sort of, you know, sort of makes it difficult to follow the, the specifically the players. So, at yeah. least I've got a reason oh, for look, being incompetent yeah. of not knowing what players did what. TV rights cost what two billion dollars? You want uh, you want to be watching it in the best quality as possible? I think so. Yeah. Oh, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to deliver the best product possible? Makes Absolutely. sense to me. Definitely. My hate, and look, I'm clutching at straws a bit here as well, but I didn't really like uh, Homsch's uh, game through the first half. I thought he got absolutely towed up by Sam Reid and just found himself out of position. And maybe it's a bit of concern. I, you know, I've not really liked his game for the last 12 months, and uh, that was another example on the weekend, I think. Really? Mm. That is pretty harsh. Well, you know, Sam Reid kicking three goals in a half on you is probably not a great thing, to be honest. Mm. Are we are we still maybe just adjusting to you know the defensive structure which did hold up really really well over the whole game? It did look. I think it was um, the defense as a whole. I think was better as the whole um, the whole better than the sum of its parts sort of scenario. I think. I think as a group they all performed wonderfully well and we won the game. That was absolutely fantastic. But. Um, you look at some of the individual performances, some of them were, were wonderful, some of them less so, I think, on the day. But uh, as a group, they certainly performed. Round one, away to Sydney, 
28-point win. Haven't won there since 2006. As I said, mate, clutching at straws, buddy. Yeah, you, you've clutched really well because uh, you've dug deep because I didn't, I didn't see it. But I'll take it. You know more than me. Well, most of the time, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say I'd say maybe twenty percent, but anyway, I'll do. I'd be heading towards eighty-five to ninety, but uh, <laughs> look, I, I'm happy to drop that back to about sixty if that makes you feel better. So, so remember my call: if we uh, if we beat Sydney in round one, would we uh, would we be would we be premiership favourites or a lock for the top eight? It seems uh, seems the supporters are very very optimistic now. Yeah. Oh, so we should be. You know, we uh, we performed really really well against super tough opposition, who had a lot of their stars out there, um, and we beat them essentially at their own game, which we haven't done for a very very long time. So, you know, it is uh, probably a little bit early to get too excited, but I think. Uh, in the moment, it's, uh, you're certainly welcome to uh, to jump up and down, I think, because that was a bloody good performance. <laughs> yeah, it is. I uh, it gives at least it gives us optimism, doesn't it? I mean, it does. you know, I mean, if you were right with your uh, with your forecast, we would have been a bit nervous and doom and gloomish for maybe what oh, for was going to sure. happen over yep. the next four weeks because we've got yep. a tough run over the next four weeks. We do, we do. But uh, if we can get through that, it certainly opens up a little bit. Uh, Absolutely. Welcome everyone on the Spreaker chat. Scott Kent Collins um, has joined us and says uh, he loved our composure in the fourth after Sydney's strong push. Got to agree with that one. And uh, James yeah. Leach has also said his hate was the uh, deliberate out of bounds. Yeah. And there was a couple. Yeah, I'm sort of a, I'm sort of accepting of it now because they're, at least they're really. You know, I actually didn't mind the umpiring because I thought that they were they were just consistent. Yeah. Whether it's consistently good or consistently bad, they were consistent and they, they yeah. sort of paid it for both teams. I guess the one that, they did. you know, if we're yeah. talking about the decisions, I guess the one that really agitates me is, you know, poor old Matty Broadbent, it's on the ground. The Sydney player, you know, two seconds later, runs into him, falls in his back and Broadbent's paid for tripping. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's all, Yeah, that know, was it, annoying. The other one that I didn't like was um, Robbie Gray getting kneed in the head. Play on. Play on, yeah. That's perfectly yeah. fine. Oh well, he clearly was ducking, right? Trying yeah, to initiate probably. concussion, so that's, it. that's his own fault. But mm. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and the play, I guess the play on, which was discussed on the on the big footy forums a bit too. That's um, we still can't. I, I don't know. I just don't think it should be that hard to get right, but we seem to not be able to get that right yeah. as an as an AFL system. It just yeah. It just seems very confusing, but um, but yeah. But then we also had players like Hamish Harlow that made some bad uh, choices with their options true. for playing on as well. Very true. Um, let's go on to some questions. Jimmy Unchained has asked, um, "How did we rate uh, Cleary's game?" I really like Cleary's game. He, um, you know, what is he? Nineteen games in now. Yeah. Um, you know, Franklin's a freak of a player. So, you know, remember the uh, the when we were joking around on Thursday, like the Tony Lockett's and stuff. And, you know, sometimes it was like, if you can hold Tony Lockett or Gary Ablett or John Dunstall to eight or 10 goals, you, you know, don't worry about it because they're just freaks of players. But he's yeah. one of those freak players. And, he is. You know, I mean, really four goals, uh, goal a quarter, you know, and he was, and he was 
Buddy had the feel. He was playing pretty good football. I mean, I thought Cleary did a really good job. It was a four-goal game, but you didn't really notice that Buddy actually kicked four goals. Like, I was pretty surprised um, at the end of the game when they said he kicked four. I was like, oh, I thought he only kicked a couple. But um, So I, I thought Cleary, he probably got beaten on the day, but I actually thought mm. he played pretty well. Like, it wasn't a bad performance. He, he held his own against a super hard opponent. He's not going to play someone tougher than that all year. Um, and I thought he stood up pretty well. So... What about the concerns from some supporters that we're lacking a bit of height in the defensive half? I think we certainly are, but um, once Austin is fit and ready to go, I think uh, he probably comes straight back in. Who for? Mm, not too sure on that one. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> mm. It would be unlucky for Cleary. It would be unlucky for Jonas. Um, you know, Homsch probably isn't going anywhere either. So, yeah. I'm not sure. I might be uh, poor Dan Houston, who played pretty well in his first game as well. Oh, geez, that would be rough. Mm. I don't, I don't know if I'd like that idea. It's just, um, it's all about balance, right? Yeah, it and is. Think, yeah, and we're we're sort of doing, we're starting to adjust now to sort of Nathan Bassett with the team defence approach, and I guess so. My thought, you know, from the comments from people saying we need more height is. I don't know if we do because we're sort of playing that structure now where it's the team defence and really people shouldn't be isolated one-on-one against a taller opponent. There should be someone else coming over um, to spoil the ball and uh, and negate. And, you know, obviously if our structure falls down, yeah, we're going to be exposed to that one-on-one. So, I don't know. I guess I'd probably be more inclined to um, make Austin earn it through the reserves and get form and wait for a form drop or, you know, for a defender to elbow someone in the back of the head and get suspended for six weeks and then bring him in. Yeah, I'm fine with that as well. That's perfectly fine. Uh, Peck yeah. has asked if I can give my longest year boy ever. Um, so here we go. No, I'm not going to do that because uh, that'll take no. too long. Uh, Come on, <laughs> Not now. Nah, not today. <laughs> Uh, Farkern has asked, um, assuming Jasper, Brody, Hammer and DBJ are all playing well and a first choice, how and where does Dan Houston fit in the side? Dan Houston fits in the side. Yeah, here's my call, Macca. Are you sitting down? I'm sitting down, mate. I think we should trade Jasper. Oh, what? I think we should trade him. Mate, have you been drinking? No, I think have we should Have you been smoking? Him. I think his trade value is going to be highest. I hope Porsche is listening in. I, I, I'd she love is. to hear her. I'd love to hear her written response. But I think uh, his trade value will be highest. And uh, I think you know Darcy Byrne Jones, Houston Broadbent. Uh, if Bonner keeps developing and improving, um, you know, even Hamish Hartlett. We've got a plethora of halfback flankers there. Um, I think we can. Uh, I think we can leave, live without Jasper and, and probably maximise. We could probably get back into the first round in this uh, upcoming draft by trading him. Uh, well, we wouldn't be trading him because he's a free agent. Um, but we most you oh, you would think we would probably get an end of first round pick for him in yeah. compensation. I would hope. Yeah. But look, for me, I think it's pretty simple. Is that out Sam Gray in Jasper Pitt and play Jasper on a wing. Yeah, well, that too. 
if the defence is that settled, we know that Jasper likes to run and carry the ball, and whenever he's played further up the field, he usually plays really, really well. So, yeah, um, I'd, I'm totally for that. But I really love Dan Houston's um, his ball use coming yeah. out of defence. He's yeah. probably one of our most, clean, if not cleanest, user of the ball at the moment. Solid as a rock, mate. Yeah, and his decision making is fantastic. Um, his overhead ability is strong. Um, no, I haven't seen his blistering space pace out of defence, but I don't think for him that I don't, really I don't matters. think he's quick. He's, he's yeah. not overly quick, but I don't think he needs to be. No, um, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, he hasn't put a foot wrong. So, mm. I would be very disappointed if we just sort of drop him for a name player at this point in time. Again, you know, I just think all these guys have to earn their spots. And yeah, I agree with you probably, um, you know, probably Sammy Gray is probably the, the first, you know, the first one on the shopping block. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've got a bit of a bias against him. I just, I just don't think he's, uh, you know, up to it at that standard yep. long term. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah. All right. Canadian Nemo has asked uh, our thoughts on Polak's game. Yeah, Polak was awesome. He was great. Yeah. He was really yeah. great. As I said, I, you know, we've commented a few times. You know, I think we forgot about his injury last year and his recovery from it, but. Um, yeah, his uh, his game was amazing, and it's no it's no it's no surprise that um, you know we're looking a lot better with Jared fit and consistent. Yeah, and he did a lot of the tough stuff as well, which I really really like. Five tackles, six inside fifties, had uh, more contested possessions than uncontested possessions. So, you know, he's uh, he, that's a great start to the year for Jared. That's a really good start to the year, and yep, he had a really good first quarter. He was crucial in that last quarter as well to uh, get us over the line. Um, I thought he was great. Um, Canadian Nemo also asks, uh, when did Young become this reliable? Last year? I would say from about round two last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's with the big vein that he's got over his left thigh? That's a whopper, mate. That is Isn't an absolute it? whopper. I'd like to hear a medical specialist comment about that one. Mm. That's that is huge. I, I want, you you I don't want to pop that because I reckon you'd be dead in about five seconds. <laughs> you'd be draining the system pretty quickly. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. He, uh, should, Lord... he should be nicknamed Brain the Vein. Yeah? yeah. There you go. Uh, Lord Flashheart has asked: um, Do you think the defensive pressure applied across the ground can be maintained over the season? Can't see why not. Yeah, I don't see why not. Um, if we're fit enough, which uh, apparently we are, when, then we should be able to perform what uh, most other teams across the the uh, competition can do, uh, which we haven't been able to over the last couple of years. So um, I really loved our defensive pressure on the weekend. I thought that was one of the key reasons why we won the game. And um, look, if we can do that every week, we're going to be a very hard team to beat. Well, I'm surely uh, an efficient zonal defensive structure is going to maximise your fitness efficiency compared to just gut running, sprinting the lines for four quarters every quarter. Um, So I'd hope that if this system doesn't get broken by opposition teams, that it should be sustainable for the whole year. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Flash of Power has asked, uh, what is the magic ingredient that has changed this team from last year? Yeah, well... We've only got one game as a sample, but I would say, um, for me, it would be Paddy Ryder. 
Yeah, he's a he's a main part of it. I think it, again, it's um, might be a bit too early to start uh, celebrating too much, but um, I think uh, hard work and belief um, are two components which we probably lacked last year, and uh, looks like we've got it back so far this year. Well, and there's no surprise if you look at the look at the players at the top of the you know the dream team rankings or um, you know or disposals. It was predominantly our senior players. Yeah. And when we lost last year, it was predominantly our senior players that were nowhere near the top, mm. except you know, except for maybe Travis and Ollie, who were reasonably consistent but not as influential. So, yeah. and, and that's been a repeat theme of mine over the last two seasons. These senior players um, need to step up. Mm. You know, and they haven't been stepping up, and so. You know, in one week, as a great example, they've stepped up and, and look what difference it makes. Um, yeah. And, you know, we spoke about Sam Gray, but who's the first player out? Justin Westhoff or Sam Gray? You'd have to say Sam Gray at this point. Um, and someone commented on the uh, on the chat that his defensive pressure this week was great. And I do agree with that. I thought he was great uh, defensively, but he just burned the ball every time he got it, which was uh, a bit of a problem. Well, this is his problem. He burns the ball when he doesn't hold his feet very well. Yeah. That's it. Even last year and the year before, he, he's, he goes to ground a lot. And it's like he slips on purpose or slides. And, yeah, that's the only problem. But, yeah. um, but what did you, did you, how did you go with Justin's game? To be honest, I barely even knew he was out there. Yeah. Like, it took me until about the third quarter to realise that, oh, he's, he is actually playing. Um I just didn't see him do much at all. Uh, I'm not saying he played a bad game. I'm just saying that he played a pretty invisible one. Yeah, well, that's because he didn't really touch it for three quarters, Macca. Yeah, which has so always can, been a problem can in you, the past. <laughs> how, can you, how can that be a good game if you're not getting the ball? Mm. All right, that's fair. Uh, James Leach has said on the, uh, on the speaker chat, do you agree that the players came out looking different Saturday than most of last year? says that yeah. uh, before the bounce, he knew that we were going to win. Jeez, that's confidence. That is How? confidence. Did they have a strut in their, in their run through the banner? Must uh, be the back panel, mate. It was... No, I, don't, I love the back panel. <laughs> that back panel was just the best. But, um, I mean, look, they were more physically aligned and intimidated, intimidating on the yeah. ground. Yeah. And every single player out there except for Brody, who squibbed that uh, contest going back in front of Franklin, um, you know, were hitting it hard and standing up and putting their body on the line and being really physical. That was that was the main difference. Mm. We've been too insipid. Oh, I had another hate too, Macca. Okay. I, I'm, I don't like um, Ken Hinckley saying we're going to try. There is no try. There's only do. Okay, fair enough. Because... It's giving the players a, a cop-out subconsciously by saying, we're going to try and come out next week and do what we did against Sydney. You know, yeah. We're going to come out next week and we're going to do what we did against Sydney, but we're going to do it even better. And that should hopefully be big, good enough for us to beat Frio. And if not, well, then Frio played better than us. But we're not going to try. We're going to do. Mate, I think you're our next senior coach. We're going to do, Macca. We're going to do, not try. <laughs> Screw that stuff. Uh, Portmanteau was asked uh, where a Fremantle at. Uh, down the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, a little bit south of Perth, I think. Um, yeah, a bit southwest of Perth. But 
Yes, we will be talking about that on uh, Thursday night for sure, where Frio are at. And, um, and what you mean you and, you and Porsche are going to talk about that one? Mate, don't let off the surprise. Oh, shit. Jesus. Sorry, Sorry me, me and you were talking about God. that. That's it. Uh, and the last question we've got is from Charlie Kelly. Uh, holding the man freeze finally being paid against key defenders, did this make a difference for Charlie Dixon's game? No, not really. It certainly did early, but then he went missing again. Um, it would be good if he did get uh, two free kicks 25 metres out straight in front every week. That would be nice. <laughs> uh, look, you got to give... I mean, you've got to give the defenders a little bit of leeway. I mean, what did you think about the free kick where uh, I think Grundy went to spoil and it went over his shoulder and then Jason Dunsell was having a bit of a squeal that, you know, you've got to, you got to let the defenders off. It didn't really influence the player. And, uh, you know, I always thought any any contact above the shoulder, the umpires always, always paid it regardless. Um, free kick's a free kick, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they are getting very tough on defenders. Yeah, probably, but um, what are you going to do, eh? Get more more goals. Mm, that's it. Sounds good to me. Right, let's go straight into our review. Um, and look, round one came and went in a pretty emphatic fashion for Port Adelaide as it beat last year's grand final Sydney away from home for the first time since 2006 by 28 points. Uh, 17 goals, 8 to 12 goals, 10 in Travis Boak's 200th match. Uh, Aaron Young and Chad Wingard led the way with three goals each, whilst Boak, Dixon and Powell Pepper kicked two as well. Um, do you want to give a quick o- overview of the game, mate? Yeah, well, from the blurry vision that I had from Foxtel, I mean, what I, like I said earlier, I think the, the, key, the key to our success was um, Paddy Ryder getting first hands on the ball, uh, which allowed us to have midfield structure... Um, which then was able to influence the contest and win the contested possession. So as Longmire yep. pointed out in his post-game review, uh, Port beat them at their own game, which was the contested possession, and it was fantastic that we finally had done that um, after uh, 11 years, 11 painful and two longer years. It's ridiculous it's taken that long. So, uh, I mean, as I said earlier, that shows the difference between having an influential Rutman and not, because... It just allows your structures uh, to be in place. It allows players to have confidence in that structure and um, and therefore we can win our fair share of ball. Um, outside of that, it was, as we've also discussed, the physical uh, presence of all the players um, was evident and allowed us to uh, hold our own and not be intimidated. And I think that's what generates the resilience. So when when the opposition does get a little bit of a run on, uh, having that physical ability to go, no, stuff you, we're not putting up with this, allows you, know, allows you to get back in the game instead of rolling over. Um, you know, I guess I wasn't at the game, so it was really hard to sort of see the structure, so I was sort of relying on other people. But I thought our, you know, some of the behind-the-goal vision, you know, our defensive structure you know, from, the, from their kick-ins looked really solid. It seemed, seemed we had sort of like a... Uh, sort of like a circular zone around the 50-metre uh, arc for where the ball was going to land. And then we yeah. sort of, we had good lines in our defensive zones um, to stop the uh, the outlet run from there. But, again, it's very hard to see without being live and present. But Basser earning his money, mate. What's that? Basser earning his money. Absolutely. And, you know, we, I think there's been comments in the past that, you know, he, he can be a bit complicated with his structure. So maybe it's taken our guys, um, 
a bit of time to adjust to uh, to what Bassett wanted. But you could definitely see that we were able to slow down Sydney's transition, which yeah. is something we haven't been out with any team in the last year, two years, be, be able to do consistently. Absolutely. Yeah. So we really were able to slow down the switch, whereas we were also able to implement our own switch. Uh, and we had a really efficient game plan. I was really impressed. And yeah. and it was inspired by our leaders. And you know, so Carl Amon, Dan Houston, all those talk type of guys, Sam Power Pepper, um, you know, which I'm sure you're going to talk about for 20 minutes shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't need to get 30, be relied on for 30 possessions. They need to get their 12, or you know, and and just influence the game. And the, boy, the the boys that are supposed to be influence the game do. I mean, Brad Ebert was fantastic inside and out. Ollie Wines was a beast. Travis stood up, and um, yeah, I just you know, my main concern, I guess, with Travis and Hamish Hartlett is the amount of times they fumble marks. Uh, they do fumble. Yeah, quite but a bit. they probably, especially Hammer. I think Hammer does quite a bit. Both can sometimes have slippery fingers, but um, I thought he was pretty good on the weekend. And look, it was wet. It did rain for half the game, so uh, wasn't wasn't uh, played in great conditions. I'm pretty sure he fumbled when it was dry too. Mm. But uh, our forward, our forward setup. I still don't think our tall forwards. Uh, we're probably in the bottom half of the league for tall forwards, I reckon. But Yeah, well, we've got one name key forward who's out of form. We've got a first gamer, and we've got Westhoff who's not a know, key spends forward. half the game uh, playing as the loose man down back. So, But we've got some awesome smalls. We awesome do. Awesome small yeah. forwards. Yeah. And it was interesting, the comment, too, about Robbie Gray. Let's, let's take out his head knock, which I... <laughs> Some people are pretty bloody harsh because I don't know. I've been needing the head before, and it does actually take a bit of time to recover uh, from getting a big knee in the head. So, um, and it, w- it but, was a pretty significant knee in the head, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't just a, a little tap. It was a it little was a love tap. For- there was some accidental force to it, so yeah, you know, he he would have been, he probably would have had a headache, that's for sure. But yeah, uh, it it was interesting that you know the comments that people made about our midfield structure without Robbie Gray in there, and our midfield structure looked fantastic. So maybe there is some method to the madness about having Robbie Gray more so up forward than than in our midfield. Yeah, most likely. Um, just want to talk about the midfield again. Well, as we mentioned in the preview, the midfield battle was always going to be the most important part of this game, playing against those big, hard, tall, strong bodies of the Sydney midfield. Um, and look, we absolutely delivered on the day. We won the clearances 69-61, and we won the contested possession by 22 as well. Uh, Josh Kennedy was still a monster out there, but um, to have Ebert and Wines collect nine clearances each and uh, Pal Pepper in his first game get seven was just so crucial in, in getting the ball going in our favour. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so how did you find uh, SPP? And he got the Rising Star nomination today too. He did. I just got the note about that, which is wonderful. Um, look, quite simply, have you, have you seen a better debut than that? Pretty tough. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you, there's been some debuts where they've got raised, Rising Star noms and, you know, it's been loose games and they've received 30, 30 loose possessions and... It's a bit questionable, but I mean, he was hard. Um, you know, unlucky not to have three goals. Uh, kicked a nice bomb. Uh, used the ball reasonably well. Um, you know, had body body impact. I mean, 
the guy's a beast. And I read the story about, you know, the scouts um, in Port Sorum in 2016 and sort of based their um, trading to get him for this draft, which was staggering, really. Well, at the moment, this early stage, it looks like the right decision because he's uh, he's come to play. He's got a ready-made body. He's quick. He's got really good skills. And look, to bomb two goals from outside 50 in your first game, like, settle down, son. Come on. What was the, <laughs> what was the, uh, what was the pre-draft concerns with him? Because he played like a top-10 player, obviously. The pre-draft concerns were that uh, he had poor skills, which were based largely off... Um, and look, this is all just going off, uh, you know, internet recruiters here. Um, and, and that sort of uh, poor skills was based off a 2015 highlights package um, from, from the year before. Uh, and it was also based around the fact that he, he never really won a lot of the football at the championships. He was more of a sort of 10 to 15 disposal player as opposed to uh, someone that was getting, you know, 20, 25 touches a game. Um, so he was very much an impact player without that real sort of quantity of the ball. So I think that was the main concerns. Um, and look, he, he might taper out. Who knows what's going to happen in, in the future and, and with his career. But at this early stage, he looks like an absolute beast. And I'm absolutely stoked that we got him. And as I said, you know, that's one of the best debuts I've seen from a, from a first gamer. Um, to kick two massive goals, get 19 touches, seven clearances, you know, lead the way and, and barely put a foot wrong. Um, wonderful performance. What, so you think he might be a shooting star and fade like Wade Thompson? Uh, Wade Thompson, that's an interesting one. No, I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought so, <laughs> mate. <laughs> no, look, I, I think, uh, I I think uh, Pal Pepper's going to be in it for the long haul. He looks like an absolute determined uh, young individual and, uh, yeah, absolutely stoked we got him. I'm, so, I'm yeah, still I shaking my head that he, that, he, uh, that he fell to our pick. I really, I really hope we don't try to lean him down too much. But I guess, you know, in relation to all the players, have you, did you know, I, what I noticed was like our upper torsos were really, really noticeable and strong and our core in their bodies were strong too. So it does look like their physiques have actually altered a little bit this year compared to last year. Yeah, possibly. Maybe we finally got the, uh, that balance right, which would be good. Yeah. So what uh, were your observations outside of mine on the game, mate? Oh, look, I thought we played really, really well. And, you know, it certainly wasn't a perfect performance. We still burned the ball quite a bit. Uh, we turned it over at silly times. Um, we missed easy targets. Uh, we made some silly errors, like, as you mentioned, drop marks and that sort of thing. But, you know, for a pure sort of in and under guts performance and, and beating a team at their own game, uh, and that team being Sydney... Mate, I, I honestly didn't think that would happen. Uh, not not this year, not today, uh, not, not on Saturday, I mean. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely stoked with how they played. Um, and as we've said, um, you know, the main thing to take out of that game was just the raw, um, the raw power that we had through that midfield to, to win a lot of the contested ball and get it forward. Um, the defence as a whole played really, really well um, as a unit for the, the first time in a long time. Um, and the forward line just uh, really sort of gelled together, um, and especially considering that the tall forwards didn't really have great games. Uh, we just, we still kicked a winning score. Yeah, so do you think our tall forward structure can improve? What about the Jacko experiment? 
look, he, he was all right. I thought he was okay. You know, he took some strong grabs, kicked a really nice goal in the first quarter. I thought he rucked really well as well. Um, do we need him and Westhoff and Eddie and Dixon up there? I'm not too sure. Um, one of them's probably got to go. Uh, but look, at this point in time, I think Trengo have played a pretty good game. So mm. happy to keep it going at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said you'd be happy if you got one goal a game. Yeah, I would be happy if he averaged a goal a game this year. I think that'd be uh, pretty decent for your uh, sort of third toll forward wrestling ruckman type. So, I guess sometimes we get a bit unrealistic as supporters of what the actual goal output should be for a player, don't we? Yeah. Look, if and... everyone's averaging you know two and a half goals a game, then uh, you're going to be kicking like thirty goals every week, <laughs> which uh, it's obviously never going to happen, is it? So. No, and I mean, I thought Anthony Hudson had a good stat there when he spoke about Ryder and said he's the only Ruckman since, I don't know, what was it, 2-11 or 12, who's averaged a goal a game in yeah. AFL football. Mm. So it, it shows that it for a Ruckman, it doesn't happen a lot. All that often. No, so, no, definitely not. Yeah, so you're right. If we can get a nice, efficient season and he can kick a goal a game and maybe every now and again Bob up would two or three, you know, to keep that average. I, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And I mean, geez, I mean, you know, Chad's good for usually, what, two goals a game, if not three. Yeah. Now, what is he? Uh, mid, about 50 goal, 40 he, or 50? So, yeah, he's so, usually a 20 and two player, so he's good yeah. for that sort of 45 to 50 goals. And, you know, Aaron Young, Bob, he's, what, the last year and a bit, he's been averaging two goals a game as well, pretty much. So, yep. you know, there's... Uh, yeah, it starts to uh, look pretty good, doesn't it? It does. I want to talk about some individual performances uh, just for a little bit. Uh, Bokey in his 200th game, as we mentioned before, one of the best captain's performances I've seen from him. 26 touches, a couple of crucial goals, and really uh, shut down Parker uh, from having any sort of influence in the game, I thought. And well, Even though Parker still had, what was it, like 25 touches or so, um, yeah, 25 touches, and and he still got um, you know his stat sheet still looked pretty strong. I thought he had zero real um, cutting influence on the game, and um, that's one of the best games of Boke's career in my view. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I thought it was a great captain's game, and exactly what the the players needed. They needed to follow their leader, and uh, and that's what he did. He uh, did you stand up, I, I jump off the couch, and stare down and scream at your TV with him. When he, when he did that? Oh, I had a big grin on my face when I saw him do it. Yeah, but that's what you I want, though, isn't smile. it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, you just got to wonder if it was because of his 200th game that he really sort of lifted his level an extra notch. But... I, I don't know. I think it's more... I think it was just more... He, I guess maybe... Uh, do you think there was something physically troubling him last year, which is why he didn't perform up to expectation? Well, that was the rumour. Mm. But um, you know, I think it was more he was pumped that you know that they were resilient and actually getting on top of Sydney. Yeah, I think oh. that's what it was. You that's, could that's sense that I momentum took... as well. You could sense that they knew they were in the game, um, yeah. and every time we kicked a goal, like they were they were jumping all over each other. It was great. And and it's amazing how how in AFL sport or any sport really like. You feed off the momentum. Oh, you do absolutely. And the mo- the momentum just makes such a difference. So um, yeah, look, I was I was ecstatic for Travis. I mean, I, I was a bit disappointed with his output last year. So mm. hopefully he can continue it on. That's it. 
Um, speaking of best ever games, uh, Brad Ebert played one of his absolute career best games as well. I thought he beat Hanabry in the first half. It was just an absolute monster in the middle. And, you know, we, we've rarely seen him play that sort of pure inside role before, um, especially not in the last couple of years. But, uh, yeah, he was absolutely exceptional at it. 11 tackles, 9 clearances, 7 inside 50s. Got an obscene amount of the ball and just did all the hard stuff um, as good as you could hope. Um, and as I said, that's up there with his best ever games. Absolutely. He, um, well, I mean, he, he, his 2014 was pretty strong. He put a, he, put he a was, few good he was games. excellent that year. But he's always been that more sort of outside, you know, hard running player. Um, you know, that real gut runner as opposed to sort of like a Josh Kennedy style inside beast, which is kind of how he played on the weekend. Yeah, and and he was one where where I was talking about the um, the physical structure of the body. You could really notice the sort of the change in the body shape there as yeah. well, and it just allows us to um, to really push hard. I'm a bit distracted. Mate, the long hair and the bandage, mate, can't beat it. <laughs> well, when when doesn't he bleed? <laughs> yeah. Is there is there a week that he's not bleeding? Well, you know, if he's got a bandage on, he's going to play a good game. Absolutely. So, how's the cricket going, Macca? Don't know, mate. Yeah, not good. I'm watching uh, MKR at the moment, so not too sure. Is that show still going? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Aussies are uh, in the poo. Uh, there you go. Well, another player who had one of his career best games was uh, Tommy Jonas. And look, we know he's been down on output the last couple of years, but honestly... That's just about the best game I've seen him play. You know, Tipper oh, got. Come out. on. What come was wrong with his game? You name you name me a better game that he's played than that. Well, he was on Kurt Tippett for a start, so it doesn't matter who he's yeah. on. He absolutely smashed Tippett, who look is a very nah. dangerous tall forward. He is uh, a marshmallow. You no, would smash Tippett. You he's would a smash tough Tippett. Forward. He gave him absolutely nothing. The only goal he got was because Homps ran headfirst into him. Then he went on to Reed, who kicked three goals in the first half, and he barely got a kick after half time. You know, I thought he marked yeah. really strongly. He read the play super well. He spoiled excellently. Uh, used the ball better than we've seen the last couple of years as well. That's yeah. as good as a guess for Tommy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I guess the key to a good defender is not being noticed, isn't it? And yeah. if you're um, if your opponent isn't uh, being noticed either, well, then you've done your job. So. I mean, to be, I didn't really notice Kurt Tippett, and I didn't really notice Tom Jonas. So, um, yeah, he must have done a good job. But I mean, I still think Kurt's a bit of a marshmallow. So, um, and Tom, Tom's a hard player, and I'm positive Kurt doesn't like the tough players. Yeah, fair enough. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, Brett Eddy in his first game probably didn't go as planned. He, he, uh, not much really went his way, I didn't think. Um, a couple of times players kicked over his head when he was on decent leads, that sort of thing. Um, only got the couple got a, of kicks. Goal assist. He did get a goal assist. He got a couple, actually, I think. Um, but I mean, the, the so his third, efficiency the third, was very, very good. He just only got three touches. The third forward can be a difficult position at the SCD. He because can. Of the, and we, we did the... mention that in the preview as well, that yeah. uh, it's a difficult ground for, for uh, toll forwards. Um, because you, you, can, you can just get lost under the ball. Well, I'd hope so. Uh, yeah, I just we won convincingly. Um, yeah, he had a good preseason. 
I just don't I don't see the benefit of uh, removing him from the side at this point in time. I mean, yeah. let's let's see the four. Let's see us have poor form or him consistent poor form before uh, suddenly removing him. I mean, who are we going to replace him for at this point in time? Well, I'm not too sure. I mean, it would only be if someone like Monfries comes back into the side. We don't really have any other sort of toll player to bring in, do we? So, um, unless we wanted to sort of play Loby in the ruck and play Ryder up forward, which would be uh, no. a, a disastrous. Um, it would be. Look, I'm, I'm happy to give. I'm happy to persist with him and, and give him, you know, a good sort of five six games to let him settle in at this level and and see what he can do. Excuse me, uh, unless we uh, wanted to roll the dice on a Billy Frampton or something like that, I just, but I just don't see the need. I'm, I'm with you. I'd rather, I'd rather let him string six games together, especially on the bigger Adelaide Oval, and yeah. uh, and see what he can do there. Yeah, the good thing is that he commands attention. Like he's got the size, he's got the pace. We know he can kick goals. Uh, he's going to command a decent play, and we saw Dane Rampy go to him. Uh, on the weekend. So that really sort of uh, took Rampy out of the play because his intercept marking um, and rebound work is uh, is just about his best asset and he did not much of that on the weekend. Well, I mean, if the midfielder's got an option of kicking it to Eddie or Dixon, who do you think they're predominantly going to kick it to? Well, they're going to kick it to Dixon, aren't they? But um, if Eddie's there as a decent option, then uh, yeah, but they've, just... they've just got to look for him and make sure they hit the target. I guess that's my that's where I'm trying to get at. I mean, they're going to look for Dixon probably first. If Westhoff actually was there, they'd probably look for Westhoff. They'd probably look for Chad Wingard. They'd probably look for Aaron Young. They'd probably look for Robbie Gray. So he's going to be down the uh, the bottom of the queue with being sought after. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's probably... And I guess the bigger over of Adelaide Oval, it's going to allow him to find more space. And, um, yeah, I'd really like to see him on some bigger ovals and see what he can do first. Yeah. Sure, uh, Carla Amon. Who, how did you uh, find his game? He was only on the ground for fifty-seven percent of the time, loved so his he didn't goal. get a lot of game time. Loved his goal. It was and, a great goal, uh, and I thought and he the used well. The setup for the one before that as well was uh, absolutely was pure class as well. Yeah, I mean, look, not everyone is going to get twenty, thirty disposals in a game of football. So, uh, if that's not your role, well, then it just comes down to um, when the ball comes just your using... way. You just got to make use every it. touch count. Yeah, exactly, and that's what he did. And I guess it was interesting that he only played so little game time, really. Yeah, he was the least played player on uh, on our side on the weekend. So, not sure if that was by design or it just sort of happened to work that way. But uh, I thought he was okay when he came on the ground. And uh, you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of Amon. I think he's got a big future and uh, can be a um, a crucial part to our side uh, going forward. I think he's got great skills, good pace, kicks goals, sets goals up. Um, you know, he's pretty underrated. And what about um, Sam Power Pepper? He he was in the sixties for game time as well. So, is it is it just player welfare management? I, th- I think so. Management? You don't want to you don't want to burn him out. And uh, I think Ollie Wines in his first year was around about the same. Sort of that sort of sixty five to seventy percent time on ground mark. So, I would expect that from Power Pepper. Uh, in just about every game this year, I think. Yeah, makes sense. It does, it does. Uh, the other player, I guess, that we should talk about is Hamish Hartlett, who obviously uh, went back into the back line for his uh, new role. Um, how did you see his game? Uh, well, I saw his 
Twitter quote where he thought he was average except for that sausage roll. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was average. It was it was respectable. I didn't think it was an awesome game, but you know, regardless of um, what Hamish does, one thing he will do is he he's actually a, at least he's physical with his play. Yeah. Um, yeah, he doesn't mind attacking the body and all that sort of stuff. He might not be one of those high tackling players, but. Yeah, he's happy to you know hit the contest and hit the hit the body and you know that was the sort of stuff we could sort of see um, on the weekend and yeah I mean great goal someone I thought I read somewhere that he can't kick 50 meters anymore well he looked like he can still kick 50 meters to me and yeah. um, well I oh that, that goal drum. which barely got about three meters off the ground and hit the back fence on the full from <laughs> I mean, about look, 65 that drop, out it was great that drop mark that drop mark was pretty woeful and at this standard you know it shouldn't be happening his decision making at times like you know playing on from the you know, taking that play on rule under a lot of high pressure probably isn't the best either but you know look it was a serviceable game I mean what how many, how many points did you give him I think I gave him six or seven I think I thought yeah. he played really well to be honest so, so you obviously he made yeah. those couple of clangers um, but he always tends to do that. Like, like, there's always a memorable stuff up from Hammer every game. I think, which he needs to sort of iron out. Yeah. But outside of that, I thought he played a lot better than what I was expecting, um, and yeah. he played a, a different role to what I was expecting as well. I thought uh, defensively he was really, really good, um, and he made sure that uh, every time he got the ball, um, he tried to make it count. So, yeah, good first game down there. Could be worse, my friend. Could be worse. He could have played like Justin Westhoff. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about the game, mate? Uh, well, did we recognise Ollie Wines? I thought he was a beast. Ollie was um, an absolute beast. He, he was. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, look, he was close to best on ground. I think I had him third or fourth. I thought a few other players had more influence on the result than what he did. Um, but look, 33 touches, nine clearances, 16 contested possessions, a couple of goal assists. Great game. Yeah, and we already spoke about Dan Hewson. I mean, I just think he's a real up-and-comer. Uh, massive, massive fan. And, and, and Darcy Byrne-Jones is just really, really consistent now. So, um, look, good even team performance. The mature players all stood up. I would be really, really hoping uh, for that again. And, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, for those punters out there, my tip would be get on port to beat Carlton by over 100 points when they play <laughs> here because I reckon it'll be a massacre. I hope so. Yeah. If we lose so, to them this year again, I'm not going to another game of footy again. That's it. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> oh, no, obviously not, ball. but to beat them by 100 points would be wonderful and would be oh, great retribution for the last couple of years. I can see a smashing coming mm. on. Yes, but outside of that, I think everyone did well. Coaches did well. Um, not much to criticise here, thank God. No, great start to the season. I guess the question: um, If you're not going to be on the uh, preview podcast, do we make any changes this week? I would say no. Yeah, winning I, form. I would, be, I would be leaning towards the same. I think the only change that I would make is if Pittard's fit. Uh, I think Impey and Cracker will have to sit it out in the SANFL. I don't think they've done anything to deserve to come straight back into the team. 
Um, but yeah, it just depends if uh, Pittard's fit. Um, and even if he is, I still think maybe uh, we should keep that group together for just one more round, see what they can do. Winning form is good form. Mm. That's what I say. Certainly back is. In the, back in the young boys, I'd even, uh, if I was going to make any changes, Sammy Gray out and Atley in. Atley in, okay, yep. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan too. I wouldn't mind that either. That that would be about it. Or even Westhoff out for Atley. Okay. I'm just not a fan Fair at enough. the moment. That's Ju- right. Justin, Justin's lost me. That's okay. We're out of alignment, me and Justin. That's all right. Might be the beard. I don't know. Uh, no, it's the fact that he just doesn't do anything for three weeks out of four. Mm. And then he bobs up once a month and has a great game and then everyone thinks he's a really, really good, consistent player. Well, he's 29 or 30, so I don't think he's going to change that anytime soon, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I know, and I've complained about it for like five years now. Mm. So That's it. I'll so just keep complaining about it. Is, yes. Uh, obviously, in the preview, we had the game changer and the X Factor. I wanted to just see what ended up being your game changer and your X Factor this week. Hmm. X Factor. Well, it would have the X Factor would have to be Sam Pepper, wouldn't it? Okay, that's a good call. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he was the X Factor. He had a bit of intimidation. Uh, used the ball well. Kicked those long goals. Um, so I guess I'm I'm picking him out of definition because uh, you know we're talking about someone that maybe we weren't expecting. So he is my call. Yep. What about you? Enough. I had Youngy on the day. Um, I thought he kicked three absolute class, clever goals, which showed real poise, and uh, they all came at crucial times as well. Um, you know, jumping over players and you know dodging them to to kick goals from the square. I thought he he showed real class there, and you know Callum Mills is a real quality young player. I think he won the Rising Star last year, but um, he just couldn't go with Youngie for most of the day. And you know, if he can get, obviously he's not going to kick three goals every week, but if he can average seventeen touches and kick a goal or two a game and have the odd game where he does kick three or four, you know, he's going to be in for an absolute super year. Yep, I'm happy with that one. So who was your game changer, mate? It was hard. Yeah. It was probably probably three or four that you could choose. Look, there's probably... The person I'm going to pick, there's probably... There is three or four midfielders that you probably could say were better, but... Because they were all so evenly consistent, I'm going to say the game changer for me, based on last season's woeful performance, was Paddy Ryder. Okay, yep. I love he that was our, yep. He was our game changer. He was, yeah. He fed our midfielders the ball all day, 28 hitouts, and it was great to see him back, and it was great to see him so emotional after the game as well. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh, sorry. Your Indeed. just got away with me. I apologise. As I said on the forum, I loved how he uh, he almost swore to begin with and sort of stopped himself. He sort of went, oh, and, f- and then sort of stopped. And then two seconds later, he swore anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't help him to. But that's, that's yeah. fine. Look, my game changer was Bokey. Captain in his 200th game, he just bossed that midfield like we haven't seen for a couple of years and was the big reason for me why we won the game. Yeah, I like it. So name us your uh, your top five on the ground, mate. 
Oh, this is your stuff, Macca. I'm, I'm never any good at this stuff, but I guess I'd go, I'd go Paddy Ryder. I'd go Ollie Wines. Um, I'd go Travis Boak. Yep. Brad Ebert. Mm-hmm. And uh, who kicked the three goals? Chad and Youngie. Chad get three? Yep. Yeah, well, then I'd go Chad for 20 disposals. And, and I didn't notice Jonas, so he sold me. So you could probably give him an honourable fit with uh, Chad. All right. I had Boker's probably best on ground. Jonas, second best. He was absolutely wonderful. Ebert, third best. Uh, Ollie Wines with his performance in fourth. And uh, Youngie with his three goals um, in fifth for me. Yep. Good stuff. Good what a start didn't to fit the in year. the Chad. I couldn't squeeze hey? in the Chad. I couldn't squeeze in the Chad, no. He was close. He was well, How many disposals? Sixth. He had 19 how many disposals touches and three goals. Young? So he had two more touches than Young. There you go. That's why. That's it. <laughs> well, look, Ryder was uh, unfortunate. He's probably an honourable mention for me as well. Yep. That's it. Well, but happy days. I mean, Happy look, days, mate. What is it? One win in, like, how many years? 13 years or something ridiculous? One win since 2006, so now it's two. Yeah. I mean, it's an appalling record, so uh, hopefully we can get a bit of a run on. It'd be nice to be able to, if we play, I can't remember if we play them again, so it'd be nice to be able to knock them off again if we do, and if we don't play them again in the minor round, it'd be nice to knock them off in the finals. How good is it to start the season looking good against a quality team and coming away with the win? I remember last year we won the game, I think convincingly in the end against St Kilda by 40-odd points or something, but there were huge problems with how we played that day. And a lot of yeah. us were like, oh, you know, if, if we come up against a quality side, who knows what's going to happen? And you know, we came up against one the week after and lost by 70 points or something. So I, I don't see that happening this week. I think that's a, that's a real great start to the season and it gives us a real boost in confidence and a great base to start off. Well, it's it's interesting. I didn't see the... I know you were going to go to this around-the-grounds thing anyway, but I didn't see the Crows-GWS game. Um, but, you know, everyone was a bit worried about playing GWS in round three. Um, but they got smashed by the Crows yesterday. So, you know, is uh, going to GWS's home ground, whatever it is, um, going to be as intimidating as what we thought it might be? I think it will. I still think it will. Yeah, you can't base things off one game. and um, Yeah, the Crows are going to be a very hard side to beat this year, especially at home. You know, they've got a very good lineup, so And they're in that sort of right um, age-experience sort of bracket where they're going to be pushing for uh, going deep into the final. So, unfortunately. Um, well, well look, I th- you know, GWS is still going to be bloody hard to beat. We're supposed to be in that age bracket too, aren't we? We are, and I think we're in the top four at the moment, so... Nice. Nice. Let's keep it that way. Yes. So did you watch much other footy this weekend, mate? No. No. <laughs> That's all right. I, I, watched the, the... I watched the first game, the Carlton-Richmond one. That was quite interesting. Yeah. And uh, saw uh, about half the Collingwood-Western Bulldogs game as well. Did you? So and, I, and the I, second I... half of the Essendon-Hawthorne game too, which was quite a good game, I've got to say. That was a really good second half. I did keep an eye on the results more than watch the games because, look, I've been, as you saw, you commented on the photo, I've been doing some training 
which is, it was nine days straight from 10 o'clock to six o'clock, including the weekends and, and then, you know, get home at night. The last thing I want to do is really sit in front of a TV and watch footy. So, yeah. um, but I watched the results and I was really, you know, the Essendon Hawthorne result was a bit of a surprise. Um, you know, Geelong winning so convincingly away against Brio was a bit of a surprise as well. And, uh, yeah. and the Lions getting over Gold Coast. Um, yeah, that, that was I didn't expect Gold... that to happen at all. They absolutely killed them for three quarters until Gold Coast sort of stormed home at the end. But yeah, I didn't expect that one. I sort of half expected Essendon would beat Hawthorne with the with the emotion of their players coming back. Uh, the Melbourne St Kilda result was a bit of a strange one for me as well. Um, I tipped the Saints and they started the game really well, but then uh, obviously went into their shells a bit. Yeah. So did, how did Hogan go for Melbourne? Did he clunk a few? Did he? Oh, I'm not sure. I didn't see. I haven't seen any of that game yet. But uh, I think he. So kicked, I, got, uh, I think he kicked three goals. So I was talking about Essendon with someone the other day because they were going, "Oh, I feel sorry for Essendon." You know, I hope they have a good year this year. And I was like, <laughs> "No, screw them. They're bloody cheats, man." Yeah. The players exactly. cheated. The club cheated. You know, I have no sympathy. I thought they got off with what they did actually pretty easy. Yeah. Really, all things considered. So, uh, now like, I'm glad literally. they beat Hawthorne because I don't particularly want Hawthorne to make the finals this year. But um, that's probably about as far as it goes for me. But I think Essendon will have a good season. They'll push for the finals. They got a really good side. Yeah, I hope not. I don't like it. Well, even though we've got a good record against Essendon, so yeah, I hope they we do, do make the finals. Yeah. yeah. But I guess one of the more concerning things for me, Macker, is I actually watched Bruce Almighty last night and the movie wasn't that good. So I don't know how I put that in my top five of Jim Carrey films and not uh, and not have The Truman Show in there. Mate, The Truman Show is a classic. I know. And then someone brought up today number 23. That was a good movie too. I didn't like it. I did not like that at all. No. Ah. No. I thought the story was just too vague... Um, and just a bit sort of vanilla. It was just too loose. I don't know. It didn't all come together um, strongly enough at the end, I don't think. Right. So maybe um, maybe next week, should we our topic be the top five Bill Murray movies? Oh, Groundhog Day number one. Oh, I love Groundhog Day. <laughs> love it. Even though, it is a classic. Even though his lower lip in Caddyshack was pretty impressive. Yeah, true. Well, we can save that for another day, mate. Yes, we can. That's it. Well, you have a good week, buddy. I will. It looks like Australia are going to suck. We've got one wicket left and we lead by 103 runs. Mm. So we're capitulating. We are capitulating. That is a shame. But I will have a good week. You have a good week. Enjoy Thursday night. I'm awesome to hear that Porsche is back. So... I guess we'll rotate a little bit again, so uh, have a good preview show, and I'll, I'll hopefully be able to tune in. That's it. Until next time, mate. Ciao, Yeah, ciao. boy. Yeah, the boys. Yeah. Ah, that's yeah, as much as I think you can, you Otherwise, can go it'll go forever. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Power. The heat's on in the kitchen. Oh, look at this. Quite simple. Good attack from Galapati Carlo. He left his man. He took them on. He gets to Lines. Oh, baby!
massive launch. 